Hello, welcome back to the Georgia Daily Fitness Podcast. Guys, it's been three weeks since I released my last podcast episode, which is a bit of a shocker, really. So I've been in South Africa for, for the last three weeks, which has been amazing. And I fully intended on recording a couple of episodes whilst I was out there, but... Oh, time got away with me. It was a hectic time of trying to uh, balance launching the the new Rise intake, my six week program, um, but also like enjoy being in Cape Town and you know see what there was to see and and all of that. So. It was a hectic time. I decided to, to in the end have a few weeks off the podcast, but I'm back and I'm excited to to get back on track and bring you some fresh content on a weekly basis. So without further ado, here it is, this week's Rise Q&A. Okay, cool. So first question, I keep going away over my protein target, but not over my calories. Does this matter in any way? Um, so generally, no. Um, I mean, technically, yes, you could eat too much protein, but in the same way that you could drink too much water um it would be very very difficult and it's unlikely that you're going to be eating anywhere near too much so as a general rule of thumb of like what would be too much if you times your body weight in kilograms by 2.2 that would give you the number at the top end of the kind of like optimal range so it's probably a good idea not to exceed that number but then again it's not going to do that much harm so ultimately don't overthink it. If you're eating a good balance of protein, carbs, and fat with every meal, you'll be getting getting in a decent amount of protein and all of the other macronutrients that you need. Okay. Second question. Um, so before this, I started to get heartburn a lot. Could this be diet related? Anything that can help? Uh, so yeah, heartburn is very often diet related. Um, typically, the main cause of heartburn is going to be fatty foods. So fried foods, um, fast food, anything that's quite oily or greasy, um, fatty meats as well, you know, bacon, sausage, that kind of thing. Um, so that's something that you don't need to obviously ditch from your diet, but just be aware of how much you're consuming it and make sure you're having it in moderation, reduce it where possible. Um, the reason that fatty foods can cause heartburn is because it's harder to, to digest. Um, spicy foods can also cause heartburn and, um, a few other random foods. So I know that tomatoes can, um, citrus fruits, just because they're very acidic, um, and also fizzy drinks. So a few things to be aware of, but again, you don't need to ditch any of those, just be aware of them and how they're impacting you. Um, also a couple of other things that can cause heartburn. So, um, being overweight is, um, something that can cause it. So, um, because it puts kind of added pressure on the stomach, uh, which can lead to more acid kind of traveling upwards. So um, obviously if fat loss is your goal, that's going to help with it. Um, I think stress can also be a factor in heartburn. So obviously it's hard to say be less stressed. Um, we'd all like to be less stressed, but um, just try and do things like, you know, meditation, um, breath work, uh, yoga, that kind of thing. If that might help to, you know, relax you a little bit, reduce that stress, then that could also help. Um, all right. Welcome to everyone who's just joined, by the way. Um, next question. So is it okay to swap a weights workout for a gym class or other form of sport? So yeah, absolutely. Um, it depends on your goal though. I would say like, if you are looking to get stronger, build muscle, um, following a, a structured strength plan is the best and most efficient way to do this. 
So classes I know can be great fun, um, but they're generally not amazing at helping you to progress in, in terms of strength and building muscle just because they're not personalized to you and they're not structured and progressive. So, you know, often with classes, you'll be doing something different each week. It can be quite random. So that's going to make it really difficult to make sure that you're progressively overloading, i.e. making it more challenging for yourself over time. So if you absolutely love classes, I would say keep them up, keep doing them. Um, but maybe you could commit to doing like two of my strength sessions on top of your classes each week as a compromise, because that's going to allow you to, you know, keep doing what you enjoy, but also ensure you get the progression you're after. And it's always about finding that balance really, because ultimately you wouldn't want to do something that potentially gives you the best results, but you really don't enjoy it and you're not going to keep it up in the long term. So finding that balance is what we want. Um, Okay, so I'm in a hotel from Sunday night for a week with work, the Holiday Inn Express, so no fancy menu options. Do you have any food that you take with you or other ideas when you find yourself in such a setup? I have slim fast bars, which balance out the hotel breakfast at lunch, but evening meals are a challenge. Um, okay, so personally, I probably would avoid taking food with me in this situation or potentially take it with you, but maybe avoid relying on it just because it's a little bit depressing to have to do that, you know, like to live out of like a Tupperware or um, to have all these like bars with you to live off for a week. Um, and again, if we want this to be sustainable, it's like, is that really something you could see yourself doing to maintain a healthy life? And okay, maybe sometimes it is the quick and convenient option, but what I would prefer you to do is have a think about what options there are that actually would be within your calories uh, would allow you to eat a nice balanced healthy meal especially if your company are presumably paying for it if you're on a work trip so um i would say have a look at the options you know hotel menu uh restaurants nearby um and what we're looking for is foods that are high in protein first and foremost so steak chicken like if you eat meat that is fish uh, if you don't eat meat then things like you know, like a bean based uh, meal or tofu, um, like lentils, that kind of thing. The reason we want something that's going to be high in protein is because uh, typically it's very satiating. So once you've eaten it, you're less likely to be ravenous afterwards, but also um, it tends to be pretty uh, well, lower in calories, but high in nutrients and also great for recovery from your workout. So protein is what we're looking for, but also uh, something that has plenty of like veg and salad in it. Again, low calorie, but kind of bulks out your meal. So you're not absolutely starving from it. Um, so yeah, more satiating. And then what we want to avoid would be things that are deep fat fried. So um, battered things and, you know, burgers, fries, onion rings, that kind of thing. Um, and anything that's super kind of like saucy. So um, I've got a guide on this. So if you look under the, the resources section on the app, under the nutrition bit, um, there's some more tips on how to choose a good like fat loss friendly meal when you are eating out. Um, as I say, I'm, I haven't actually looked at the slim fast bars, so I'm not sure how good they are in terms of their nutrient values, but I would say, have a look at Huel, which I say like with a pinch of salt, like it's not something again that I would rely on, but it is probably one of the better options if you are going to be relying on like a meal replacement, because it does have like all of the, um, 
nutrients that you need in one place and it's low calorie but yeah don't rely on it um okie doke next question so i'm looking for a tasty satiating not too high in calories smoothie which is the tape oh, and second part of the question which is the tastiest protein powder um so i think there were a few suggestions thrown around on the group yesterday uh in terms of a smoothie um so have a look at that if you haven't already. I think you might have though. Um, and then there's a few in my recipe book and the various recipe packs that are on the app. So again, under the resources section in the nu- nutrition bit of that. Um, with smoothies, I would say I never really follow like a recipe anymore because I have a bit of like a go-to structure that I follow, which works, I would say nine out of 10 times where I basically chuck into the blender, just like a big handful of fruit, whatever I've got um, available. Ideally, some of it's frozen just because it makes the texture a bit better. But, you know, whatever you've got, chuck it in, scoop of protein powder, tiny bit of nut butter, so peanut butter, almond butter, big dollop of Greek yogurt, and then just some water and ice if you want. Blend it together and it's most likely going to taste very good (laughs) and it's definitely going to be nutritious. So that's like my go to um, sort of structure for smoothies rather than you always feeling like you have to scout out a uh, recipe for it just chuck it together and see what happens <laughs> um oh yeah and the tastiest protein powder so i'd say it comes down to personal preference so i like uh, my protein that's what i've been using recently um bit rogue but my favorite flavor is cereal milk might say sound a bit weird but it basically tastes a bit like custard cream so it's very nice um natural chocolate's a good flavor as well because it's a bit like nesquik um so that's my recommendations but yeah it comes down to personal preference so i'd say just get one and see if you like it um okay cool so next question how much water should we be drinking a day and what are the benefits of this I'm currently nowhere near three liters. I'm probably nearer two. Uh, And can we include other fluids like decaf teas and coffee? Uh, And then next part of the question, any tips for increasing daily water intake? I'm trying to drink a large glass when prepping meals. I do find that because of this, I'm no longer thirsty. Therefore, forget to drink water other times, but we'll have the odd tea or coffee. How do you drink when not thirsty? Um, Okay, a few questions in that. So firstly, in terms of how much you should be drinking a day. So if you Google this, you'll get a million different answers. And that's just because there isn't really like an exact amount that you need to be drinking each day as a rule of thumb. So I I would probably like times your weight by 35. This is just like a general rule. Um, Times your weight in kilograms by 35. And that will give you a rough target to aim for in milliliters each day. Um, Again, don't overthink this. Don't worry about being super accurate with how much water you drink. Just make sure you're generally you're staying hydrated. Um, for most people, it's going to be between two to three and a half liters a day, I'd say. Um, and yeah, you can absolutely include decaf tea, decaf coffee, and even sparkling fizzy drinks um, in your water intake. Um, anything with caffeine in is a, um, a diuretic. So that will dehydrate you. So maybe don't include that. Um, but if you're not thirsty, then that's probably a sign that you, you are drinking enough water. Um, obviously the best indication is your, is your pee. So, um, make sure that that's pretty clear and not super dark. Um, and that's gonna, yeah, give you an indication of whether you are hydrated or not. Um, in terms of 
the importance of staying hydrated, why it's important. So 60% of your body is water. So we definitely want to keep that topped up basically to make sure that it functions optimally. Um, and in terms of what you'll really notice is, you know, if you don't have enough water in your system is it will impact your levels, your brain function, um, workout performance. So it's definitely worth staying hydrated. Um, in terms of fat loss, cause that's something that people say, or does water impact fat loss? Um, while indirectly it can benefit you in that some people might find drinking lots of water curbs their appetite. So they eat less, there isn't actually a direct impact on fat loss. So again, not something to stress over, um, just make sure you're staying hydrated. And for most people, that's going to be about two to three liters a day. Um, should I still eat more calories during endurance exercise, such as long bike rides? Can you recommend oh, second part of the question? Can you recommend an unflavored unsweetened protein powder for overnight oats? Uh, so in terms of increasing your calories for endurance exercise, uh, I would say it depends. Um, the target that I've set you does take into consideration your activity levels based on the information that you gave me when you signed up. So if you find on those endurance days, you require a bit more fuel for the session, um, potentially your appetite levels are higher as well than usual. What I would do is take your daily calorie target that I've given you times it by seven to give yourself a weekly overall target, and then basically distribute those calories across the week according to what you've got going on. So, and this can be applied to anyone really, if you find that one day your appetite is a bit higher than other days, depending on what you've got going on, or maybe one day you're going out for dinner and you know you're gonna to wanna to eat more, um, you can give yourself more calories on that day and then just reduce your calories on other days across the week. Um, so for example, for this person, on that day that you're doing the endurance ride, um, increase your calories, on that day and then just reduce it on the days around it so that your overall calorie intake for the week is still going to be the target that I've given you or around that target. Um, but yeah, you're just kind of allocating it how it makes sense to across the week. And that kind of just um, acknowledges the fact that we are humans and not robots who require the exact same amount of fuel every day. Um, and then in terms of your question about protein powder, so I have never tried unsweetened protein powder because I have a bit of a sweet tooth, but I would probably go for my protein because they're pretty uh, reliable and um, just check out their whey protein powder and um, they have like a zillion flavors, but I'm pretty sure one of them is unflavored. Okay, so next question. I would love to know what's the best way to estimate, estimate body fat slash muscle mass percentage and to keep track of them in a meaningful way. Um, so to be honest, there isn't really a super accurate way to do this, um, frustratingly. So the best option is probably those body composition scanners that you get in the gym. I'm not sure if you've seen them before, um, but annoyingly, they still aren't 100% accurate. They'll give you a good indication, um, but yeah, nothing's really that accurate. Um, one thing I will say is the worst way that you can get uh, your body fat percentage is you know, those digital scales that people have at home, you might have them where they tell the, tell you your body weight, but they also tell you your body fat percentage. Ignore that because it is basically, they just come up with that number based on an algorithm. They're not able to sort of magically take your body fat um, levels from just stepping on the scales. So um, ignore that because people take that really um, 
kind of as Bible and it's not to be taken that way at all. Um, and in terms of your body fat percentage and, you know, knowing your muscle mass percentage, it's just not something that you need to be obsessing over. I would much prefer that you um, used the ways that we've already discussed to measure progress. So, you know, scales, taking measurements, taking photos, because they will still help you to understand if you're moving in the right direction. And that's the main thing, right? Um, and then in terms of building muscle and getting stronger, if you're lifting heavier weights over time, that is a very good indication that you're building muscle. So yeah, with this, don't over stress about the kind of finer details, like the body fat percentage and how much muscle mass you have. If you want to know, go to a body composition scanner at a gym. I quite like to have this data as well, but it's just not something that you um, absolutely need to know. Okay, so next question. I've bought, I've just bought an air fryer. Any recipe ideas that are low calorie slash high protein? Happy to open this out to the group. So I have an air fryer and I pretty much exclusively use it for air frying potatoes and chicken, um, <laughs> which is really boring, um, but it works really well for potatoes and chicken and also fish actually as well. And I generally like marinate the chicken and whatever spices I have in the cupboard at the time. So, um, yeah, I don't do anything crazy, um, or that interesting with the air fryer. So if anyone has any suggestions, feel free to pop them in the chat box here on zoom or, um, to the person who asked this question, feel free to, um, post it on the group on the community forum. And let's see if anyone has any suggestions there. Okay, next question. So sticking to my calories this coming Friday and Saturday, it's going to be hard. I have a Friendsgiving dinner on Friday with all the classic Thanksgiving food and drinks and then going out to bars slash breweries for a last hangout before a friend moves away. Tips on navigating those two events is much appreciated. Okay, good question. So first, first of all, the question I would ask you is how often are these kind of occasions coming up you know is this like most weeks for you or is this like a maybe more like a once in a month kind of thing because if it's happening every happening every week we definitely need to put some um measures in place to keep the calories down and keep you progressing <laughs> but if it's like once a month i would say don't stress don't overthink um because i like to look at calorie intake I like to kind of take a step back and look at your calorie intake as an average over time. You know, you could even look at it on like a monthly basis. Have a, and I think that's a data that, data that you can see in my fitness power on Everfit, but always think about the bigger picture. Like what are my calories going to be averaging uh, this month rather than just this weekend? Because ultimately your body composition is an average of your actions over time, which is kind of mad to get your head around. But that's why I like to, yeah, just take a step back and think if you're just going out once or twice every month, don't worry, because you, if you just make sure that all the other days in the month are really good, really strong, you're on point with your calories, uh, it's going to still average out where we want to be, right? Whereas if you're doing that twice a week, not so much. Um, so yeah, if you are doing this, if you're going out quite a lot, um, the same concept that I mentioned just now when I was talking about the endurance rides would apply, uh, where you could basically save up some calories. Um, so reduce your calories on Sundays each week, maybe by nothing drastic, like 150, 250. Um, 
And then you're kind of banking those calories so that when it comes to that weekend, you've got more to play with. So if you did that for five days where you had 200 calories fewer, um, that would give you an extra thousand calories to play with over the weekend. Now, having said that, it's very easy to consume a thousand calories. So we want to be, we still want to be like in control and aware um, of our consumption. So potentially with the Thanksgiving dinner, I just can't imagine how you would like reduce the calories in that without making it a miserable time. So I'd say maybe, but and that actually brings me on to another idea, which is choosing your indulgences. So maybe you look at the weekend as a whole and you're like, right, what would I really value? Or what on what occasions would I really about would I really value indulging? And on what occasions am I not that bothered? Because you might be like the Thanksgiving dinner, I want to go all out, like that's an important time for me see my friends, blah, blah, blah. Great. And then maybe you think, and then the next day when I'm seeing my friend at the bar, maybe I just stick to low calorie drinks and I only have a few. So choosing your indulgences really is really powerful. And it's important to have those indulgences <clears throat> across the week because without them, life would be a bit boring and your journey would probably not be very sustainable. Um, so yeah, I think that's... Uh, that's my advice on that one. Um, just having a look at the comments here. Okay, cool. Yeah, just a couple of air fryer recommendations there. Okay, cool. So next question, still confused with the best way to sync my steps and use my fitness pal to record my macros. It would be ideal if there is a feature to directly key them into Everfit as the app integrations are adding resistance to the process. Um, so if you want to drop me a message and let me know exactly what's confusing you, I can give you a more specific answer to this because, or, or I can like talk you through it. Um, but basically your steps should automatically sync with either your fitness watch, or if you don't have a fitness watch, then the health app on your phone. So as long as you've turned on the integration in the Everfit settings, um, fitness watch is always a better option, by the way. Uh, it's a lot more accurate than using your phone, but the phone is still a good option. Um, and then in terms of the food tracking and recording your macros. So the good news is that Everfit, which is my app, are currently working on their own food tracking system, um, which should be amazing. So very excited for that. And they've said it's going to be available in the next few weeks. So I'll keep you guys posted on that. Um, but for now, keep tracking on my fitness power. It is probably the best option and it is handy that it pulls through on Everfit. So when you guys have your one-to-one -one check ins, which is going to be next week, um, make sure that you've got it uh, link, all linked up to my app and also make sure that your food diary is set to public so that I can view it. Uh, and then I can give you some feedback on that. Um, okay. So next question, um, how can I increase my protein intake taking into account my dairy and egg intolerance? Uh, okay. So the best options that aren't dairy or don't include dairy and egg. Um, so if you eat meat and fish, then meat and fish are just the absolute best ways to get protein in. So try and base as many meals as you can around like lean meat. So the best meat options generally is going to be like beef, um, chicken, turkey, um, and then all fish. So white fishes uh, tends to be the most kind of like low calorie, but high protein options. So um, like cod, 
haddock, that kind of thing. Tuna's also amazing. Um, and salmon's a bit fattier, but it's still, which, which makes it higher in calories, but it's still um, very high protein and it's a good source of fat. So that's also a good option. Um, other decent sources of protein would be uh, like tofu is good, um, beans, chickpeas, lentils. So those are like for anyone, whether you eat meat or not, really good options to just having your diet on a, on a regular basis, um, high in fiber as well. Um, and then I would just recommend using protein powder as well, cause it's such a convenient and cheap way to get more protein in. So mixing it with, um, like milk, but obviously for you, it would be like a, a non dairy milk, um, or even with water, having it as a protein shake like that, or having it in like your oats in the morning. Um, and obviously where you can't have dairy, you just want to make sure that you get a vegan protein powder. Okay, doke. so next question, my fitness pal and Everfit have two different calorie goals, which is the one that I should be aiming for. Uh, so always go for the one in Everfit because that is the one that I've set you. The one in my fitness pal is just a generic one that they've set you and typically it will be way too low. Um, I know most people get set 1,200 by default, which is very unsustainable for 99% of people. So ignore that. Uh, okay, next one, Romanian deadlifts. If feeling it more in my lower back versus the hamstrings, what am I likely doing wrong in the movement? Um, so this can be down to quite a few things. So firstly, the Romanian deadlift does work the back, like the lower back. So it's normal to feel it there slightly. Um, but yes, the hamstrings should be what you feel the most. Um, so the thing that I would focus on with this movement is just to make sure that you focus on driving your hips back. So drive your bum to the back of the room rather than rounding forward. Um, rounding forward is definitely going to put a lot of pressure on the back. And also just make sure you always maintain a soft bend in the knees throughout the movement. So that should help. Also, if you feel it in your back, it's often down to not engaging your core correctly. So with the movement, and you can apply this to a lot of movements actually, but basically what you want to do is always take a deep breath in um, all the way down to the diaphragm when you start the movement. So take a deep breath in, squeeze the core, and then you're going to hold your breath throughout the movement until you get back to the top, um, which not many people actually know this. So it's important to, to know this and apply it to most exercises. But yeah, you always take a deep breath in all the way down to sort of the pit of the stomach, hold the breath, do the movement, come back to the top and then exhale. So you're only holding your breath for like three seconds max. Um, but by doing that, you're getting better core engagement and more stability as a result. So also really good for lunges, step-ups. If you find you're a bit wobbly on those, um, taking that deep breath in, bracing the core will really help. Um, on this, actually, I was going to say, if you guys wanted to film yourself performing any exercises, if there's any that you're unsure on and you wanted to get some feedback from me, I was thinking of like starting a thread on the forum where people could upload their videos um, and I'll give you feedback. So let me know if you'd find that helpful and I will definitely do that. Because obviously with this, for example, with the Romanian deadlift, there are lots of reasons that you might be feeling it in the back and it's hard for me to give you specific feedback without seeing it. Um just having a little look at comments. Yeah, that's right, James. So you can change the MyFitnessPal calorie target to match the EverFit one, which is a very good idea because it can be pretty confusing. Um, okay, fab. So next question, weight sessions record in 
uh, kilograms as default and won't save in pounds. Is there a way to change that? Um, so yeah, that's just because that's the default on my app because most people use kilograms. Um, but drop me a message if you want to change this and I believe that I can do that for you. So yeah, let me know. And um, if there's anyone else who's um, finding that annoying, then yeah, just drop me a message and I will sort that out for you. Okay, so on to the next question. Uh, I know you mentioned that a lot of people stick to a new program in the first few weeks. Um, at which point they then give up. Being someone with ADHD, this rings true for a lot of things that I've tried. The fact that this program is about embedding a healthy lifestyle, not losing as much weight as possible slash dieting for six weeks does help a lot. Um, but do you have any suggestions on how to keep the novelty going on both workouts and nutrition? Um, so in terms of workouts, uh, the workout plan will change after the first three weeks and then every three weeks after that. So if you do decide to continue on the program, you'll get those exercises um, that they'll change for you every three weeks, which definitely keeps things fun and exciting. Um, I would also say one of the exciting parts of exercise is getting stronger, building muscle, and actually just in general, it's really very empowering to separate exercise from fat loss because most people think that, you know, in order to lose weight, they need to be exercising, but actually exercise is pretty rubbish for fat loss. It doesn't burn as many calories as you think. In fact, what it can do is, give you a pretty bad relationship uh, with exercise if you use it just as a vehicle for fat loss. So try and separate the two and try and focus on exercising for your health, uh, to get fitter, to get stronger, build muscle. Um, and on the topic of getting stronger, and you mentioned this um, already, um, but uh, in, a, in a previous message from this person, but it is quite cool to almost like gamify the process so where each week you're trying to beat what you did last week um and that's why in the app it's really handy to be able to um pop in your reps and your weights and then next time you do that workout you know they stay the same for three weeks you'll be able to there's an icon if you haven't already seen it, it's like the rewind icon you can click on that you can see what you did last week and use that as like the benchmark to beat uh which makes things a lot more fun i think maybe if you're you know if it's like a really uh one of those days where you're feeling really tired maybe not so much and you don't have to do this every week but just generally it does make it um, a lot more enjoyable to you know be in com competition with yourself um, but going back to the question here, so although it's fun to, you know, it's nice to make, uh, to find ways to keep it sort of fun and like a novelty, I would also say when it comes to diet and exercise, also you just want to get into a routine and build a habit where you don't need it to always be fun. And because it's a habit, you just tick the boxes anyway. Um, because if you always want it to be fun and like a novelty, like it's just not always going to be the case. It's unrealistic to, to think that that's how it's going to be. So learning to show up and just tick the boxes, regardless of how you feel towards it um, and be really uh, and rely on like internal motivation rather than external motivation is, is really important. And it's a bit of a skill and, you know, it requires working on your mindset, but the more you do it, the easier it becomes. Um, okay. So next question, are there any nutritional suggestions for people with ADHD that may, that 
you may be aware of. Uh, so in terms of the sp specific foods that you eat, there isn't any research to suggest that people with ADHD should eat differently to anyone else. The normal guidelines would still apply based on your goals. So um, just make sure you're eating balanced meals, you know, reduce the amount of junk and processed foods you eat. Um, and if your goal is weight loss, ultimately you want to be in a calorie deficit. Um, there are a few things to consider though. Um, in terms of more like your eating habits. Um, so for those with ADHD, but this can also be applied for, you know, to anyone who is, um, to have to anyone who has a weight loss goal and finds this kind of thing helpful. But, you know, first thing is to have a clear and simple meal structure that you follow. So don't make it too overwhelming. Don't try and do new things every week, just try and, um, keep it as, sort of straightforward as possible. Um, I've spoken about it before, but, you know, kind of like establishing your five go-to meals for each breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and just have them on repeat, maybe changing them, making small tweaks every now and then to keep things interesting. But that is super helpful to avoid feeling overwhelmed, which is very, very easy to feel like that. I feel with, uh, with TikTok and with with Instagram throwing recipes at you left, right, and center, making you feel like you need to make them all. Um, keep it simple. Don't feel like you need to keep reinventing the wheel. Um, also, if you find that you're quite impulsive, um, obviously that's quite a common um, sort of trait of people with ADHD. Um, sort of using mindful techniques can be really helpful for this. So making sure that you are able to create this pause in between thinking about, all right, I want a snack right now. And the act, the action of actually reaching for that snack and eating it. So it's like, how can I create a pause in between the kind of the thought and the, the eating the snack that is going to give me a moment to be more mindful, be more aware of my hunger cues, or whether I actually need that snack. Um, so a good way to do that is the 20 minute rule where anytime you feel yourself reaching for a snack, you set a timer for 20 minutes. And the rule is you can't eat within a 20 minute period, but afterwards you can eat what you want. So, you know, you're not denying yourself, you're not restricting yourself of that snack or whatever it is, but you're just giving yourself a bit of time to pause and really be in tune with your hunger cues. Okay, so next question. Um, if I was to move to a one hour, the, the one hour program from the 30 minute sessions, at what point would you suggest that it would be sustainable to do so? I wouldn't want to burn out too quickly, but also I would want to make sure I'm maximizing the workouts fully. I have a lot to grow within the weight size. Okay. Yeah, cool. So, um, with this, I would say a 60 minute workout isn't twice. You won't get twice the benefits than you would from a 30 minute workout. So to be honest, you can still make amazing progress in terms of your strength development with the 30 minute sessions, as long as you're pushing yourself in them. Um, and as long as you're being consistent with them. So to be honest, I would probably just stick with the 30 minute sessions for now, maybe until the end of the six week period. and really just focus on embedding strength training as a habit in your life rather than obsessing over you know, how much progress you make. Um, I mean, if you've got the time to do it and you feel like you can, then go for it. But um, I think if you're on a roll at the moment with the 30 minute sessions, maybe not the best idea to sort of suddenly change things up. Um, okay, next one. So 
I know there are a lot of online calculators that give a rough estimate of the BMR rates, but to what extent would they be reliable and are there individual factors that would impact this? Uh, so online calculators wouldn't be 100% accurate, but they would give you a decent estimate. Um, but I think I would question why you want to know your BMR, um, because then I might be able to answer this question a bit more helpfully. So let me know. Um Okay, this is actually the final question. So I'll ask this and then I will ask you guys if you have any final questions to add. Um, so we've just wrapped up a big weekend of kids' birthday parties and a big firework party. Loads of people in the house, lots of hard work hosting, lots of fun. Um, a wasteland of untracked calories, half-finished drinks and quick bites of this and that in the wake. Uh, I wanted to just enjoy it all and pick up the pieces on Monday Certainly didn't want to be tapping away at my fitness power worrying about what I was consuming. I get that if this was every weekend, brackets, it's not, uh, this would be an issue. So my question is, what's your approach to this kind of big weekend, a landmark birthday, a wedding, or massive out of control village fireworks celebration? Um, yeah, so I've kind of touched on this in a previous question, but I would say it very much comes down to how often these events are happening. Obviously, you've said that they're not happening every week. Uh, if it is every month, every couple of months, honestly, just enjoy it. Don't worry about tracking. Life is too short. Like maybe use the quick ad feature on MyFitnessPal to add in an estimate for that day, just so it doesn't skew the like the weekly or the monthly averages too much. But I'm a big believer in the fact that, you know, if you let's fast forward five years time and you look back on this period in your life, are you going to regret that one day where you didn't track and you went over your calories or are you more likely to regret being too obsessive over your calories and therefore not enjoying the occasion as much as you could have as, as a result, especially if it's something like a birthday or a wedding, like those are big events, right? They only come around every so often in life or, you know, uh, so many times in life. So I think it is important to enjoy them and be present and in the moment rather than, to, to always feel like you need to track and count every sort of thing that enters your mouth. So um, yeah, if it's happening every week, maybe you want to be a bit more aware and um, track mostly, but if it's every now and then, and if it's a big occasion, don't track, just enjoy it. <laughs> um, okay, cool. That is all the questions that I had from you guys. Um if you guys have any more questions, if you're on the uh, call, feel free to pop them in the chat box and I will go through them now. So got one question here. Do we key in the dumbbell weight in each hand for the exercises or for the total weight lifted? So I always go with the total weight lifted. Um, to be honest, there's no right or wrong here, but I just think it's um, it's easier to stay consistent if you always just go with the total weight. Um, so yeah, whatever you choose to do, just do it consistently. Cool. Any other questions, guys, or comments or struggles or anything that you wanted to discuss? Nope. I think we're all good then. Amazing. Cool. Well, I hope that you guys found this helpful. Have a lovely rest of your evening, guys. I look forward to speaking to you soon. I'm going to do one of these every two weeks. Um, so hopefully um, you found it helpful and I will see you on the next one.